The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone, all of you intentional spirits out there, and thanks for all the positive feedback you can continue to give us about our our guest on our on our show. And today we're talking about one of our most fascinating topics, and that is what happens in the hereafter. What is a near death experience about? What does it look like? And well, we have an expert today <laughs> because today we're not just talking about it intellectually. We're actually been, we've been gifted with the experience to talk to somebody that has actually lived it, that has actually had their own Easter resurrection story that can tell us exactly uh, what life was before and then how life has changed. Welcome to our show, Robert Tremblay. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been so excited, looking forward to having you on our show. Oh, thanks for having me, Temple. I was very, very excited. Well, you know, often we ask, how did you get to be an an intentional spirit? You have a background in in law enforcement, don't you? That's correct, yeah, and then in training for years. And and so you were just going through your life every day. You were going to a job that you enjoyed and and probably like so many people, overstressing, you know, uh, more, more work than time and... And, and what happened? You know, well, you know, and, and I think it, at, at exactly the right time, it, it, it happened for me. Unfortunately, you, it, that collapse of energy that caused the whole thing was a, was a near-death experience for me, which was, to, to be candid with you, was not something I believed in prior. Um, but you're right. I spent my life at 100 miles an hour, and uh, it was about uh, what, what success in life I could bring forward, and and uh, I was very egotistical, and uh, here I am today, uh, obviously a, a, a much different intentional spirit. Were you um, were you the kind of person, Robert? I mean, you just said. I mean, were you drawn to being a guy in a uniform? I mean, and the reason I'm asking is because I, I think a lot of people they just. 
that they do what a teacher told them in school, or they followed the way of their family, or yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I did a little bit of both. In were you in the club you wanted to be in, or did you just see that this was what you were supposed to do? Well, when in law enforcement, I, I followed some family into it. Uh, my family had been involved with it, obviously. So, uh, but once I got into it, you know, my spirit just didn't agree. I I met, and it was odd. But and this may sound strange, but as a police officer, even dealing with people at the worst times of their lives, I met some of the best people I've ever met. And 20 years of that type of career, I felt, would have been just too damaging for me. So I went into the auto business through financing, and and that was the crazy part of life for me. And uh, until my my diagnosis, which, you know, I had been sick on and off for a couple of years, and everybody assumed stress, and, you know, I was always 100 miles an hour with my hair on fire, uh, but bang, I was diagnosed terminal with 30 days to live, just like that. What, Robert, uh, was happening previous to that? Were you having colds? Were you having the flu? Were you, um, you know, were there some yeah. symptoms that you were experiencing yeah. prior? For that sure, for sure. There was, you know, LeMay's. Um, I was exhausted all the time. Appetite changes. I had lost weight. Um, we had gone to the doctors and and we had run a variety of tests, and nobody could find anything. So the advice was, you know, maybe it's 25 years of 100 miles an hour it's catching up to you. So um, anyway, that uh, obviously was not the case. Uh, I remember that poor young lady who was an intern at the emergency room telling me I was terminal. I'll never forget that. That's a 20-second <laughs> moment, I guess, pardon You're- the pun. Yeah, your your twenty second moment, which you've kind of created a movement about, and a, a website, and and writings, and blogs, and kind of life changing things. And what did she say, Robert? Uh, what were what was your terminal diagnosis? Uh, what did you have? Well, and that was the part I hadn't shared, and I thought as it as it spun around, that was the calling that I needed to evolve on. Um, I've been through cancer, and I've had diabetes. I've had everything you can imagine, but the original diagnosis that day was I was diagnosed, standing there with my wife of 10 years, I was diagnosed with end-stage AIDS. Wow. Um, Just took my breath away. Um, Was never in the quote-unquote risk factor, they claimed. And and I even remember remember doctors saying, maybe we should test for that, and I and. You know me thinking at that point. Oh no no no! I'm, yeah. I'm not. Why? I'm not gay. That's, right. that's not. You know, I'm not an IV drug user. I'm. You know, I just. It's a shame that I thought that way before. But I think there's still a lot of people out there who who coop it into that category of hey, that's just not my problem. And, and I get it. I, I think I did it too. But, you know, today we find out that the largest growing population of new HIV infections are women ages Mm -hmm. 13 to 24. And I think that's absolutely absurd. It's appalling. And and what's even worse is nobody's talking about it. So the books seem to be important to 
to be able to step out on a limb a little bit and admit that, uh, hey, you know what, I made mistakes. We all do. We're human. It's okay. Absolutely. Well, you know, in light of what you're saying, there are so many people. uh, It's interesting that, you know, a lot of times we say, God, we have so much more information. People know so much more than they used to. And then other times you'll make a statement like you just made, or I'll make a statement like people, more often than not, when somebody says, I have lung cancer, they go, how long did you smoke? When uh, the fact is, um, very few people have lung cancer. I mean, there are people that have lung cancer from smoking, of course, but there are many people that have never even been close to a cigarette, right. never lived near anyone that smoked still, or whatever. And still, I, I have a great friend right now dealing with that very issue, never smoked a day in his life. So yeah. I agree so much with you that, and I think in, in my book, I talk a lot about the placebo effect, but I also talk a lot about the nocebo effect. And and then the new science that's evolving that, you know, I, I wish I had got when I was a kid. It would have changed the way I, <laughs> I would have made different choices if I had realized that I was this magnificent. And I'm not just talking me. I'm talking all of us. And, 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 and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. Don't get me wrong. But the only point I, I ever take in my book is that, we are more magnificent than we're told, and we all intuitively know it. And that's why we, we were drawn to stories of hope like this. And it's so important. But, I, I, you know, one of the critical diseases in our time today, I think, is we're all too busy. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and, and it drives you crazy. So we thought, what if we donated a dollar for every book we sold, and we called it Give a Buck, or Gab for short. Let's gab about it. Uh And we encourage other people to donate one dollar. Takes 20 seconds, ironically, probably not accidentally. (laughs) And and we thought, you know, it isn't the dollar. You know, it's the point that you understand that we all need to talk about it. It can't be shameful. When you walk into an ER right now, Temple, they test your cholesterol, but they can't test to see if you're HIV positive until you tell them that's okay. And and I don't get that after watching the Ebola scare this year, that mm-hmm. we can't make a difference here, that we just need to talk about testing. We can almost end the entire thing. I love that. I, I love that, you know, you've taken tragedy to triumph to to being a difference maker and it does you're you're so spot on it it takes a lot of courage to to take a stand well i know your book which is 20 seconds a true account of survival and hope i know it's a bestseller on amazon you've done very well book of the year nominee have you uh felt that you've been able to make a difference with the gab program you know, for every book, there's a, a buck donated. Have you been, did you, have you made contributions uh, in a certain way to some organizations or what totally is it being used for? It's early now, but we want to begin a speakers bureau um, for people around the country to be able to have a, a resource of folks who can come out and legitimately and intelligently discuss HIV 
in a manner in the schools and universities that that's where we need to attack. So that was kind of our goal. It's still very early in the process. We our, our book's only been out three months, you know, and it, and it broke those five star records of the fastest to fifty, and and it just kind of exploded from there. So. We want to legitimately be able to hand a check to people to help somebody who needs it at some point as well. But we do think right now just getting the word out. And and that was really the the beauty of the love story was it, it talks a lot about the synchronicity of life and how we all meet each other for reasons, you and I included, obviously. And I know you believe in that, and most people do. But there are some stories in the book that will just blow you away, and, and you'll just laugh about them, because life just gets a little easier when you pay attention. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, let, let's go back to, I, I know that you celebrate the love of your life named Carol. Yeah. You have a tremendous love story there, and I want to I know more about that as well, but... Here you are. You've been given these diagnoses. Did did at that moment, though, within those twenty seconds, um, did you just go? You know, this is not true for me. Did you just stand in it and go, no way? Or um, I, I'm really embarrassed about how I reacted in retrospect. You know, I've forgiven myself for it, but it took a long time to come to terms with the fact that my first determination when I told, when I was told, sir, you are dying, get your affairs in order, and by the way, they do actually tell you that. I thought that was just a TV thing, but they do actually tell you that. But, you oh, know. right there in front of you. Listen, I was with one of my best friends. He had never been sick a day in his life. And he, he was 60 years old. And I went with him just, we were going to hang out. And he was getting some kind of report because he was sick. You know, and the guy says, the doctor says, um, uh, you know, Mr. Matos, I mean, the way I see it, it you could have you could have three weeks. Right. You know? And I'll bet that's probably about what he turned out to have. Yeah, you get it, and it wound up. He lived seven years. Oh, there there are some stories in my book from uh, uh, Lissa Rankin, the doctor Lissa Rankin, who talks about the uh, uh, the spontaneous remission report. And there are stories just like those in there that will blow your mind. But, you know, one of the things my next project I'm working on is going into that spontaneous remission report, which is a report of 35 of the most provable cases of spontaneous remission of cancer. And I'm trying to uh, access their database to find out. Our belief is that more than 94% of those remission cases had some sort of spiritual awakening. Mm. And I think that's important for the world to understand. You don't have to go hand out daisies at an airport here. You just have to pay attention to, to me. We create our own reality by what we put out. And it, it, if you want to find negative, you can find it. But the truth is, this positive thing is not just a sneaker logo. Right. It's down to the cellular level, and people need to know their own magnificence. And that's what this book was about. You know, the, my real question, doctors encouraged me, was you had an amazing experience. But the fact of the matter still remains, and why I hadn't told the whole story until the book, was how did you survive it all without an immune system? 
Mm. It's unexplainable. Have they? Have you since then um, touched base with them? Are they? Is your study still fascinating to them? Yes, um, we still obviously all remain because that was one of the points of my book. Was I felt like. You know, it wasn't any medication that saved me. It may not even have been the near-death experience that saved me. But I truly believe it was the collective consciousness of everyone who crossed my path to help me, from the doctors to the nurses to my sister. There are some stories in there that are, are, are absolutely unequivocal that that's, to me, what saved me was love. And I thought, can it be that? Can it be that corny? And, and it, I'm sorry to tell you, it's just that simple. Mm, I love it, and and I I do feel simplicity is is the key. Um, I'm having the good pleasure today of talking with Robert Tremblay. He is the author extraordinary of 20 Seconds of How One's Life Can Change, A True Account of Survival and Hope, How He Went from a Terminal Disease um, Experiencing Hospice to Reinventing His Life, to truly having a resurrection story, one would say. I want to thank all of you for your consistent contributions to Unity Online Radio. Because of you, we are featured all over the world. We greatly appreciate you. We'll be right back following this short break. Thanks for being with us. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. base of all life is the infinite wellspring of source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you, everyone, as we welcome back Robert Tremblay. And, Robert, one of the things that I, I loved about your sacred story is is that you have discovered what many people long to discover, and that's the love of your life, um, Carol. Uh, tell us um, the background on that story and how she is. Yeah. You know, the synchronicity of it all is, I think, the best part of it. And it was after my, you know, fourth surgery, I guess. I've had eight surgeries to remove one carcinoma or another during those times, but it was after one of my surgeries, and I, I just had this inclination to connect with somebody, and we connected through Facebook. And it was a gal that I had had a crush on in high school, you know, 30 years earlier, and, <laughs> was, and I was always too chicken to, to do anything about it, which was rare for me, believe it or not. So anyway, uh, that day we connected on and we chatted for hours and just a, a nice story. But interestingly, she got a call that her ex-husband had been diagnosed terminal with cancer that day mm. um, and was put into the hospice house where, this is where it gets weird, he, was, he, he got put into the exact same room that, was, that had been reserved for me when I was in hospice. So oh, we just kind of said, well, maybe I'm supposed to do something here. And, and you know, in my near-death experience, I was told I, ha- I was supposed to do something important. So I look for that every day. And assuming that was it, I followed it. And the synchronicities that evolved were, <laughs> I don't want to ruin the book, but y- y- you just laugh through them and how we... It embraced our fact that in the middle of me going through all this, I was there to help her and her three children go through the death of their father and help them release any anger from, uh, you know, a bad marriage from years ago and back child support. And, you know, it, it was just a, a, a crazy situation. And then, bang, all of a sudden we, we all unite and put together and Social Security sends Carol a check for every penny that he ever owed her in child support and life changed. So we moved to Arizona to be by the kids and get them to college and my passion of course is is running around the country like a nut uh, uh talking in front of people. So that's kind of my strong point. I you know I I've, I've gotten great reviews and and really polished reviews about my writing, but I'm really a public speaker. And I like to be in front of people and move around and get the energy going. And it's amazing what you can do in a room like that. Oh, yeah. There's I, there's very few things I enjoy more than standing in front of a room and always living in the unpredictability because that's right. what it is. It's, the, right. it's raw. Um, oh. I was in a speaking class. Um, I like to do it ever so often here in my city. And I've kind of I've been flown to places all over. Yeah. To teach speaking, and you know, I I told them I said, 
you know, it's just so raw. And yeah, I love it. One time I you know, was I, I get that, you know, one nod, two nods, and by the time I'm done, if everybody's not nodding with me or doing what I'm doing, I miss something. So, you know, I really try to engage it and make an experience. And I think that's a, you know, a lot of near-death experiencers seem to want to just stand up there and tell the story. And I think that's great, and I think they should. But why don't we all get together and do something together with it? Let's not just share stories. Let's, Let's change this world. We can do it. Well, I think that's where, you know, collectively so many of us are now is that, um, I mean, we see it in spiritual communities. I see it in mine. Uh, the young people don't want to come and hear theories anymore. They don't want to hear philosophies. No. Uh, you know, they really want to see feet, action steps. What are you doing? What kind of marches are you doing? Um, what kind of walks are you doing for world yeah. peace? Uh, you know, what kind of funds are you giving? And, and, and those... I'm just trying to do it a little bit through humor. You know what I mean? It, oh, yeah. most, of my, most of my book has a lot of crazy, funny stories in there just to keep you going with it so you understand that, you know, I want you to be there and understand it. But again, this, you know, <laughs> The passion for me in sharing my near-death experience originally was I never told everybody the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And, and that HIV issue, I had to find the courage to stand up and realize, and doctors said, that's the remarkable part of the story. All these near-death experiencers have, most of them have these crazy immune system recharges and they heal. I didn't have one and I still don't. So that part, for them, was the part that they can't explain. So, you know, I moved to Arizona so the Mayo Clinic could tinker with my brain a little bit, and I try to stay clear of too much guinea pigging, but, you know, a lot of the after effects are things that I talk about a lot, Um, and I think they're very important because that's a tangible piece of evidence. And I know people are searching and desperate for an answer. But I just don't think the answer's in the stories. I, I think it's in the after effects. And I think it's in the synchronicity of the after effects. We all come back the same way. We all come back thinking the same thing, at the same time even. It's, there's just too much for the world not to pay attention to it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And you've had this, um, like I consider myself the poster child for uh, alcoholism. I was talking about alcoholism when very few people, maybe Betty Ford was talking about it, you know, and I was talking about how I had had this terminal disease, you know. I was speaking at cancer institutes at 34 and them looking at me like, how can you relate to me? And then I said, I had a terminal illness as well called alcoholism. I almost killed myself. I went to jail twice. I survived myself. So I relate, you know. And I love that you are, uh, not only are you showing that you died so you could live, um, and that that whole transformation of that, of of the near-death experience, uh, but also encouraging people uh, not to die while they're living, which I'm a big advocate about, just, you know, the presence of life, the power of life, the energy, you know, all the things that that are available to us. Well, you had your near-death experience. It was five years ago, right? Uh, Five years ago this month, actually, yep. Wow. And 
did you have any kind of vision or did you see anything or um, yeah, how, I, how were I, you even aware you were having a near-death experience? Yeah, I, I was in and out of consciousness uh, for about two or three weeks. Uh, my brother transported me uh, back to Vermont to die. Uh, he wanted, I wanted to come back to Vermont, but I really didn't know what was going on. So they transported me back to Vermont. I don't remember much of that, but they put me in the hospitals to get my hospice, you know, certificate. And I was in and out of consciousness. And all of a sudden, I found myself in a dark expanse. I had frankly given up and didn't even care about treatment anymore. I was so ashamed. I'm, I'm sad to say, but I think that's the brutal honesty of this whole thing. Is I was terminal probably for more than one reason, but one of them was because I was just too damn ashamed to, to fight my way through that. So, bang, I find myself in a black expanse, and often the distance is a, is a, an arcing light. It looked reddish-orange, and it got closer and closer to me, and it looked like a volcano edge or something, but it wasn't. There was nothing in the bottom. I got to the edge and was hanging over the edge, and it was a peaceful humming. There was an odor. There was a, mm. a, soothe, a soothing piece that I just cannot still to this day explain, and a light started in the expanse and got bigger and bigger and bigger and inevitably was, you know, out there in front of me spinning, occasionally looking like a donut, and there was a black hole kind of in the center of it, but it was white, white light with streaks of blue showing direction is the best way I've been able to describe it. And as the light grew, so did the humming and the odor and almost a breeze on your face and the peace frankly, increased with it. But as I uh, looked at the center of it, wondering, am I dead? Is this what am I, what's happening? And I remember thinking those things. Uh, In the center, a face started appearing, and it grew and grew until it was the entire light was this elderly man's face. Um. He looked familiar, he looked peaceful, he looked all-knowing, and I thought I was looking at the face of God. And then we exchanged words, which I didn't actually speak, so it was really weird. But anyway, there was a question that said, are you ready? Now, in my hospital bed, I had already quit and was ready just to go. But I remember immediately in this experience saying, no, I'm not. And his face began to smile, and light got bigger, and it hummed more, and he said, there's something important you're supposed to still do. Mm. And his face started dissolving, and the light got bigger until that was just all light, and I felt like I was moving, and bang, I woke up, and I was in my bed. So, interestingly, I, I was so ill at that point, I hadn't been dreaming I still don't dream, to be honest with you, which is really weird. But anyway, um, I literally woke up from my near comatose state and literally asked to see all my doctors right then and there. And within an hour, they all came in and stared at me like, what in the hell just happened? Mm. And I told them, I'm supposed to do something important. What can you do to save me? And I went around the room very creatively and organized 
and all of them had their jaw down to their knees, and all I heard was positive, and I said, let's, let's try it. Let's try to save me. And that was the beginning of quite a process, frankly. Um, a little bit of everything. Everything just started popping. I had zero immune system. So, uh, and at that point, I had tuberculosis. I had diabetes. I, it just went crazy, and all of that went away. Um, I stayed on that treatment for a year until I had lost so much weight and was so sick that I gave up. And I went into hospice, and I think this is an important part of the story. I stayed at home in hospice, had my room reserved at the house to go when it got bad enough. And But over two months in hospice, off of all medication, even the HIV medication, I gained 60 pounds. And <laughs> I walked around like a kid. You know, I could find amusement in a blade of grass for three hours. I thought everything was beautiful. Magical. It was the best time of my life in hospice, to be honest with you. And I went back to the doctors two months later and said, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not dying, and I've paid for and planned my funeral, so what do you want me to do? Thought I could try the treatment again since I'd gained weight, so we started treatment again, and here I am three years later. Yeah, I love it. Such a miraculous story. And do you look back sometimes? I mean, you're almost, I mean, I, I know your core is the same, but you're almost like an entirely different person than who you used to be. I mean, because yeah. you went from a structure of structure, discipline, control. Yeah. This is the way it is. Ego, ego, this money, is the system, ego. This is the law. To now you represent, like, natural law, <laughs> fluidity, well, you know, mobility. It to me that the beauty of my story was that everybody picked me up at just the right time and in just the right manner, just like we all know happens. But if we really understood how powerful we can be in helping others heal, I get we still have choices and some you know what was funny to me was when I got ill and I'll bet you will will agree with me here some people ran some people just took off you know they didn't want any part of any illness and and I think to myself I respect it I do I, I do but boy if you read my book you might think differently next time because the power you have to help somebody with just even 20 second moment Man, could save thousands. Well, you also represent another idea that a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, you're always real popular until you're going through something that's very crisis-oriented, and that's when you really do the weeding management. Yeah. You know, that you really become aware at the end of the day in the yeah. circle. You know, what, what really matters as a spiritual leader, I've had the pleasure and privilege of being with people in their circle in their final hours. Yeah. It's amazing how few of the hundreds or thousands actually show up. Yeah. <laughs> And, know, and, think- and to me, it's a privilege, you know, and I don't mean to be the doom and gloom guy. It's just, I, you know, the first idiot who named it death should be the guy we slap across the face because I just don't think that's the right word. I, I believe it's a rebirth and a transformation. Nothing more, nothing less. Your energy goes somewhere. We all know, but we just don't, you know, know exactly how. 
And I don't know that we ever will, but... You know, I, I still want to talk about those after effects. How come I come back thinking all these crazy things? How come we all come back thinking the, all the same crazy things? Is it somebody trying to tell us something here? And I think that's the possibility of it all. So I try to connect as many authors, as many experiencers as I can. And if they have a voice, I'd, I'd like to help them find it and be able to share their stories. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, it's, death is such a fascinating thing, and it's like I talk about in my material. People are so uh, determined to avoid the word yeah. or pretend like it's not going to happen, or if I don't look at it, it's not going to happen to me, that they're not aware with kind yeah. of the message that you're talking about, that within any 20 seconds, you could actually decide that you're kind of dying anyway because you're not really yeah. living with who you're to be, you know. Well, and, and you know, it brings up an excellent point, uh, Temple, and it's something I should have mentioned to you earlier because I'm, I'm impassioned to talk with people about fear. And, 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 and we've all heard it before. I'm certainly not the first guy to say fear. Something's not right with this fear thing. And, I, and I'm honestly certain that when I lost the fear of death, I survived. When I stopped fighting... And I gave up, I gave in, and I just found beauty and gratitude. I survived. Mm. 60 days into hospice, here's the funny part. When I went back, and here I was walking around thinking the world was beautiful and uh, psychic things were happy, it was crazy. I go back in after 60 days and get retested. Everything was gone. The tuberculosis, the diabetes, everything was gone. So, you know, again, without an immune system. How do you explain that? Wow. <laughs> Crazy. I love it. It's amazing. Uh, Robert, what are, um, and I, I love the story, and it's ringing near and dear to my heart, because I don't know if you're aware of it, but the entire unity movement since the late 1800s exists today because a woman had tuberculosis. And through affirmative prayer and and experiencing new life discoveries, um, she, was, she was healed, and she started. People started becoming aware of it. They started uh, silent unity. They started a prayer service, and and now you know unities are and unity. You know, I love the synchronicity. That's mm-hmm. again the, the whole know. deal is the synchronicity. And and you know what's really funny, uh, Temple is unity. Church, actually, is where I speak here in Arizona, where we have an INS group, uh, an International Association of Near-Death Service uh, Sciences group. Oh, what city and, is that, Robert? Um, there's one in Tucson, and there's also one in Phoenix, uh, run by the same guy. So every month they have a speaker come in, and there's usually uh, you know, 100, 200 people there. So that is a real great outlet for near-death experiencers out there, and you can find them online or or down Tucson Ains, um, uh, or just go to the Ains site. That's a great uh, resource for people. But it just, yeah, the synchronicity is just, you know, absolutely amazing. It's so and funny, and unity just keeps coming up over and over and over again. So that's so funny you told me that story. Mm. We're an amazing movement. There's no doubt about it. We are, uh, in my opinion, um, humble opinion that it may be I 
I know that I feel uh, unity is is the voice, um, the voice that is ready uh, for the world uh, that could really alter and 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 change the world. And you know that includes, of course, the same kind of philosophy that you're living. So yeah. it's not like we have it trademarked, uh, but we are one of the types of people uh, and communities like yourself that are really practicing the the honoring of life that. You know, you can't be created by a creator and stay disconnected all your life and then right. wonder why you're not having the life that, that you want, you know, and those kind of things. But I'm more interested in, you know, what are some of the things you know for sure uh, that you didn't know before because you were on some kind of gerbil will, you know, the faster I go and the harder I go and the more I work and, you know, blah, blah. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm showing that I'm into my deservability because I'm stressed out and I'm, you know, in a job that I'm kind of making sure I show up on time for to being like in a space of, because in your language now and in your energetic field, there are tremendous spaces that you have that you're kind of, you're very grounded, you're kind of, hmm, let me see. I mean, a, a whole different kind of uh, uh, experience. What yeah. do you know for sure uh, now that you have been so much in the unknown? Well, and you know, I don't want this to insult anybody, and, and it's not meant to, obviously. I'm just not that kind of guy. But the one thing that, that resonated with me was this is all up to me. I create my own reality, I can cure myself, I can heal myself, and I can do it medically and biologically, I can now even find proof of it. And I think it's important for people to understand that. Last night I watched the news, which I hate watching the news, but sometimes you just got to do it, and so I did, and there are seven commercials for some kind of medication. You know, it's that nocebo stuff we've got to stop talking about. But mm-hmm. the one thing that I recognized was if, if everything's up to, to you, to you, how much responsibility does that require? Just way too much for some people, and I get it. But it seems undeniable that at some point in this lifetime, you will go through a major crash, a collision where your energy collapses. Rock bottom, maybe. I don't know. But the point is, maybe it's a death, a relationship, whatever it might be, but that collapse of energy is required for you to springboard to something else, to be that intentional spirit. So please, the only thing I urge your listeners is do not let fear stop you. Fear, to me, is what's causing illness. And I think it's medically important to talk about it now, and it's very, very, very prevalent in my book. And and to be intuitively open to not just going with, this is what the doctor says, this is what the people say, you know, I just do this because so-and-so said, but I'm never even willing to get more than one opinion. I'm willing to to put my life on the chopping block. I I think so little of myself that I'm I'm not even willing to invest the four hours in a second opinion. I'm just going to, you know, they said so. And I, I, I say that often. We're surrounded by people that are, you know, they're in a club they don't want to be in. 
they're on automatic pilot because they're yep. just doing what somebody said, yep. not what is wanting to be born and spoken, you know, within them. There's such a big difference of living life that way. You know, I, I don't know when we all decided we all had to fit into a certain pattern, but you know that's obviously where we all went wrong. But it it uh, it, it kind of drives you crazy sometimes because really life just isn't that complicated. If 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 all you experience every day is just gratitude, if you can find ten things a day new 10 things every single day of gratitude, then nothing else negative really is allowed to get in. And, and, you know, down to the cellular level, it's important to understand your cells either are in fight or flight or they are in growth. They are never in the same. So it's your choice. It's your control. It's your power. And I get it requires responsibility. I get it. Maybe meditation, some people do. Whatever it is, you just have to be in the now. That's what I found. But, you know, for me, the second most profound thing I found out in my near-death experience is this. If you think it'll heal you, or if you think it'll help or harm you, you will always be right. So... When you make those decisions, those important decisions, do I do chemo, do I do this, do I do surgery, do I do that, I still deal with it all the time. Those are the things you really have to ask yourself. I want to invite all of you to make note of Robert Tremblay's book. Um, it's a reader's favorite. It's top 1% of Amazon. Uh, I'm in awe that on your website, 20-seconds.net, that's 20 dash seconds.net robert you've had over 31,000 visitors almost 32,000 visitors since august i mean you are on fire there you probably i I have to actually correct you last month just last month we had over 130,000 direct website hits on 20 seconds and the irony is 40 percent of it came from china so for some reason, my book has uh, exploded in the China market. So I guess. Oh my gosh! Well, we got to change that number. It was I know. impressive. Now it's uh, it's already over the top. So I want everyone to to delve into this fantastic book uh, by Robert Tremblay, Twenty Dash Seconds: A True Account of Survival and Hope. Now, on your cover of your book, even, is that you standing there, or is that an image? No, it's just an image, but uh-huh. it, it, uh, it just seems, I, I, I have, and I'm sure you have, and many others, just have an affinity to, towards light, and the colors involved in the transition of light, so it's always been my stance is just Absolutely. to be in awe of light, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what that's the that's the new you is um, standing in the light instead of uh, living in fear. And fear yeah. is that level of vulnerability where we just do what people say, whereas standing right. in the light is listening to our own inner guidance. It's a very, very, very different. Well, I'm just I'm thrilled to to know the great work that you're doing and that you're traveling all over the country. Are you also doing workshops? Can people sign up for a blog? How do people stay in touch with you? 
Yeah, um, they can check on the upcoming events on the website. I'll be speaking at the Ions Conference this year. Um, I'm speaking all over, frankly. Um, we're, next month, we're uh, television documentary we've already filmed is coming out. So I've done a couple documentaries that'll be coming out. So just you know, keep uh, a track, uh, keep a hold of the upcoming events on my website. Um, Hopefully next month we'll be going to New York City to film for National Geographic. Um, Morgan Freeman will be doing that, so I'm very excited about being involved with that. And what will that look like? Tell us more. Well, that's still waiting for the final flight details, and um, I referred some people who went for filming already. So they're filming both in Europe and in New York City. So should be February, mid-February, I should be going to film. Well, now, is it a, pertinent to your life story, or is it a segment Well, it's actually a documentary for, it's a documentary for National Geographic. They're going to have it on the Discovery Channel. So that's basically all they tell you, really, at, until you get there. But uh, they're guessing it should air sometime in June or July. And then uh, I, I did another documentary, Back from the Light, that's coming out in production this year. Um, again, just highlighting the miraculous part of my story. And the, again, how'd you do it without an immune system? Got to gotta understand that. Um, so we do have a lot of projects upcoming. Wow. Such an exciting journey. Who knew, right, when you were looking at yourself in the mirror, with your officer uniform, that this would be what your life is about. You just never know. And those of you that are listening, um, if you are having a desire for your life to be different, uh, Robert is a true example of, of how it can be. And not everybody has to be shocked or have this, uh, what do we call, tro- transition, as you said, through a near-death experience, but they could surrender to their near-life experiences, right, Robert? Exactly. To allow that uh, guidance to permeate and to say yes to a few things so your your life can change. How's Carol embracing all this and your popularity and now this famous guy with all these hits on your oh, website? Just, Is she enjoying it? It's actually becoming quite comical. Um, you know, I get two or three hundred emails a day and you know my emails and contacts and and all i have a big presence on facebook and um, so she's constantly who what girlfriend are you talking to now and you know i get into really long conversations with people which i probably shouldn't do all the time but it's you know when people write me and say they don't just say hey loved your book thanks you know they write me and say can i tell you about when my grandfather died and and they do and you know you just can't walk away from that they're very mm-hmm. important moments for people and sharing and connecting with people just if you want to know the truth maybe helping all these people maybe it's keeping me alive yeah i i totally i totally hear that well i want to say what a pleasure it's been having you on the show of Unity Online Radio and how appropriate for you to represent a show on Unity and what you're about and the message you're giving out in the world, reminding people again to go to 20-seconds.net so you can find out about Robert Tremblay. You can get the book. You can uh, further explore the various activities that he's offering on the planet. For these types of messages, please follow us. 
on firstunity.org or templehays.com. Love to hear more from you, the types of shows you would like to continue. We're now celebrating. We're going in our sixth year, if you can believe that. And it's because of all of you and your dedication to our show. You are greatly appreciated. Have a tremendous week, everyone, and continue to look for the miracles and the magic. They are all around you. God bless, and God bless you, Robert Tremblay, for being here today. What a great show. Thank you for all you do. (laughs) Thank you. Many blessings. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Remember when you entered first grade? Did you find it hard to believe you'd ever be able to learn and do all that was expected of you? Do you remember how, through your own consistent effort and the support of your parents and teachers, you did learn the basics and went on to master more complex skills? Life is a process similar to the one we experience in school. As we move through life and attempt to expand our awareness of who we are and what life is all about, we encounter new problems, such as the schoolroom of daily living. We can approach each situation with a positive attitude, take one step at a time, and know it's only a matter of persistence before we arrive at a solution. Repeated efforts will accomplish any undertaking. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program Touching the Stillness one of the longest running programs on Unity Online Radio 
Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of her beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at shop.unityonline.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. like life. Grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio.
just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit. FM podcast network.